Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another beautiful Friday podcast where we get to talk about the best damn team in the land and all of NFL football getting their first win last night. And then we're going to talk about the rest of these peons in the NFL. We got Dennis and Matt with me back again on Friday to recap Thursday Night Football and, of course, go over all of the games for week two. How are we doing today, gentlemen? I'm having a fantastic day. I'm off on Friday, so, you know... uh been relaxing most of the day, uh, getting ready. I got a big article coming out tomorrow night over at the DynastyNerds.com. First in a weekly series, I'll be debuting tomorrow, the Saturday evening post with, and tomorrow is with Rich Dotson. So uh, interviewing some of the luminaries of the uh, Dynasty football industry and uh, getting some advice on what move to make this week to help you win your league or if you're rebuilding maybe get ready to win next year. Well, that is awesome. I know some of the people you've talked about off air, you haven't talked to other people about who you've got on there. So I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for that. It's been, how long has it been since you've put out an article? I know once you took over as the editor, you kind of had to stop writing for a bit. Uh, yeah. The editing, you know, when you're editing about 20 articles a week, it can uh, yeah. cut into your time, especially when you have a regular job and a family. So now nah, the last thing I wrote, I wrote a uh, preview article, the San Francisco 49ers during the 32 and 32. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to putting pen to paper, uh, as they say in the old school way. Yeah, going uh, pretty good here. Just want to get rid of the smoke. I know California and everybody does too. It came in with a vengeance the last couple of days. Can't. Uh, you've been to my house. I cannot see the mountains yeah. very much. I can see the outline of where the mountains should be. Uh, so not not a great sign. Uh, also, have to admit, I'm a little nervous. My my wife, when she found out we were going early, dropped me off at home and picked <laughs> up a different friend to go shopping with. So I'm just assuming I'm poor now. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that's a good assumption to make. You know, I know if if because I I would imagine if she was expecting you to be shopping with her, and then she found out, oh, now you got to go do the podcast. I feel like she's gonna just in spite of you spend extra money just to kind of remind you that hey, you left me to go do that, so I'm gonna do this now. She wasn't well, that bummed out. That she got to take her friend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I celebrated 24 years uh, married on Monday, and that's just the cost of doing business. Yeah. 
<laughs> it is. It is. Unfortunately, it is. And I'm, you know, I'm right there with you. I was literally on the drive back. We, me and my wife were just doing some stuff for my son's school as they're about to reopen here in Texas. And that's what we were talking about. She's talking about all these things that she has planned and what she's doing this weekend. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's good to know that we're not going to have any money for me to do anything this weekend. So I appreciate it. Yeah. That's just how it works. But Hey, as I told her, you control the power and I can't do anything about it. So I'm happy with it. All right, let's talk about that Thursday night football game because it was a beautiful game. The Browns come away victorious in that one, 35-230. Did not look like it was going to be that at times. Uh, the Bengals and Joe Burrow had themselves a, a really good game. So Joe Burrow has, what was it, is it 61 pass attempts, right? I forgot to write it down. I think it was 61 pass yeah. attempts. I know. Second yeah. most for a rookie outside of some guy I've never heard of that had 63. So, I mean, it was a... A bad night for them on the ground, which I would say is the one good thing for the Browns defense. It's, uh, you know, Dennis as being a adopted Browns fan and me being a Browns fan for as long as I have. You no, know, the Browns were, you could let me, the three of us run through that defensive line for like the past decade. The past couple of games, they've actually been able to stop the run and they were able to do that to mix in last night. Did most of his work in the receiving game, but he does get you 12 points. Burrow, 22.5, uh, four points, 5.18 yards per average. Green, 5.9 points on 13 targets, three receptions, and 29 yards. We'll get to him in a minute. And then Boyd, 20.2 points. I do want to start with the big injury last night. Uh, Uzoma did get hurt. Uh, torn Achilles, he is out for the season. What are your guys' thoughts on Drew Sample? Because I, I saw a lot of people talking about picking him up because of how involved he was and how good Uzoma looked. I would just caution people on that. I do think he's going to get a lot of work. Uh, you know, as just pointed out, Burrow does like to work into the middle of the field, but the Browns linebacking core is really bad, and that is exactly where you need to attack that defense to have success. But what are your guys' thoughts on Sample? Well, Sample looked a little more athletic than Uzoma. Uh, Uzoma's a he's a catch and fall kind of tight end, and Sample is a look. Kyle Rudolph plus, I think uh, he can get it down the field a little bit better. I think just based on the scheme, he's going to be probably two tight end, definitely uh, tight end premium, you know, a spot starter. Uh, you, you'll want to play matchups with him, uh, but you're right. Uh, Cleveland's linebacking core is not terrific. And I, I think that when you have weapons like, Boyd and Green and Higgins uh, and Mixon and Giovanni Bernard. Uh, let's not forget him. Uh, you know, that that's – the tight end is going to have to be really efficient. And what was it? Uh, Uzoma was four of six and Sample yeah, was seven that. of nine. So between the two of them, you know, they didn't miss many passes thrown their way. And, and that's – gonna be uh how they have to operate i think uh uzoma was 10 and a half yards of catch and sample was 6.4 so you know it's not like he was they were getting down the field uh yeah i i think he'll they'll be serviceable but they're they're you know they're not george kittle that's for damn sure sounds like what you're saying is it was a small sample size <laughs> yeah very good very good i think uh any you know Especially given the year we're having and and all the injuries and everything, anyone who's a starting tight end is worth rostering. I don't know, like Dennis said, outside of two tight end, maybe tight end premium, how how great you're going to feel rolling them out yet. I would like to see 
what happens when he's the guy, but he was, you know, I, I looked at different position groups for my um, dynasty nerds series this summer from the 2019 draft about what we could see going into the second season. Drew sample was a second round draft pick. Um, You know, after the big three, he was one of the highest tight ends off the board and he really just didn't have a lot of competition in front of him. You have to figure they took him in the second round for a certain reason. And this is the coaching staff that was there when he was drafted. So it's not a complete shock. I know I made jokes about it yesterday, but as soon as he started catching pass, I was like, damn it. I should have just said those were not jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a uh, very very interesting to see. Dennis mentioned Giovanni Bernard, so I do have a question with uh, you guys tonight. He got a lot of third down work and then a lot of goal goal line work as well. Dennis, I know me and you were both very high on Mixon coming into the year. Are you a little bit worried now that this is two games in a row he has not produced against I don't know how good the Chargers defense is going to be against the run. Like I said, the Browns have actually been very good. They they pretty much stopped uh, Baltimore, and they did a good job again here in Cincinnati. But Gio is getting a lot of words. Does that worry you at all? I don't think overall. I, You know, is Mixon going to get, uh, you know, Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey level touches? Probably not. But outside of Barkley, Elliott, and McCaffrey, nobody is getting that level of touches. Mixon's averaging 20 touches a game through two games. It's not like he is, uh, you know, getting 10 carries and two targets. Uh, Some of it was when you're running the hurry-up offense, you're not going to stop the hurry-up offense to swap out running backs and get Bernard off the field and get Mixon in. So – there was a little bit of that. They ran an awful lot of plays last night, too. I think, uh, where was it? So they ran 92 well, they plays. 60 passes Cleveland. alone. Yeah. Cleveland's fifth to Cleveland's 58. So th- that was an awful lot of, of uh, plays to run. You know, Mixon was in, in on half of them, and Bernard was on, in on 46%. And some of it w- was, you know, they were playing from behind, and they were trying to, to catch up, especially – for what the last 10 minutes of the game. So am I worried? Uh, I'm not worried that he's going to, that he's going to fall into the RB three category. I'm more, I think he's going to land in that low end RB one, high end RB two. I just think a lot of us, we look at the talent and we look at the flashes and we want him to be, you know, RB four because he can catch the ball and he is a dynamic runner. Um, he just needs to he, – he's got to start to make a little bit more happen when he gets the ball in his hand. Uh, I, I saw it, – it's we want to oftentimes say, well, his offensive line sucks. But, you know, Christian McCaffrey's offensive line is never going to be mistaken for the uh, old hogs there in uh, D.C. So um, back in the day. And you don't hear people complaining that McCaffrey's not productive. So uh, Mixon's going to—he's going to need to figure it out. But at 20 touches a game, I'm not concerned about the volume. Yeah, I think that's where it is for me. I'm not as much concerned about uh, Gio Bernard as I am about the fact that we're just not seeing Mixon do as much with his touches. You know, last night when we were talking about it, I told you one of the reasons I had him up higher was I thought he would get involved in the passing game. And he actually did, you know, in that first half, he had four for 40, which is pretty good. But 
we had thought he was going to be able to run. He had gashed Cleveland in their last six matchups, what you had had, had brought up. And last yeah. year, it, we tended to forgive some of the lack of production as a rusher because they had so many injuries and so much devastation on the offensive line. Some of those guys are, are back, and they don't, they don't look too bad when you're watching them, you know, Pulled up for Burrow, and we're watching Geo run behind the same line, and sometimes have look like he has more pop and more ability. So I think that's more of a concern, especially for another year where Mixon was drafted to be a high end RB one. Well, I think too what's happening is is we're seeing a couple plays from Geo, and we're like, wow, this guy is popping. But when you look at the actual numbers, yeah, he played forty six percent of the snaps. To Mixon's 50% of the snaps, Geo had one carry for three yards and five receptions for 22 yards. It's it's not like he he you know he wasn't Austin Eckler to Eckler's Melvin Gordon by any stretch of the imagination. He he looks good. He looks healthy. You know the the knock on Geo has always been can he stay healthy? Uh, and historically, the answer has been no. If you get him, oh if he you put him on a stretch of 15 carries a game about the fourth game geo's injured and he, he, he loses even more production. So I, I think Mixon has a safe floor as far as touches. He's just got to get more productive with it. Yeah. I think the only thing that worries me is that he got so much goal line work. I mean, uh, if Mixon's doing everything in between the twenties, but then Bernard's going to be the one down there at the goal line and then stealing those touchdowns, possibly wow. that that's going to hurt Mixon's value regardless, but I'm not necessarily, I need to see more of it. It could have just been, I know the one drive he was in there because of what Dennis just mentioned. They were in the hurry up. I, I mean, I watched the whole game. They were in the hurry up. Bernard had already been on the field when they got down into the red zone. They, as Dennis mentioned, they're just okay. Hey, come out for real quick. We'll, we'll take a minute. So, Something to watch. I'm still, I still am very high on Mixon. I still have high hopes for him this year. It did take him a little bit of time to kind of get into the groove last year. Might just be the same thing this year. Uh, two quick, quick things on the Bengals, and we'll move on to the Browns. Uh, Green. Uh, I think, in all honesty, the reason he had a bad game was Denzel Ward. Matt and me talked about it on the on the podcast yesterday. Those two had never matched up because of Green being injured the whole time. I would say it was more the. It was more Ward on Green than anything else. I know a lot of people were saying that Green did not look good out there, and some of those balls were catchable, but when you have a guy like Ward all over you like that, I would say it was more the defense than, than anything with Green or Burrow throwing the ball. Do you guys agree or disagree with that? I, I think uh, A.J. looks a little bit sluggish. I think after missing most, most of the last two years, he's got to get back into on-field shape. Um but, you know, you're right. He went against one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL, and so it wasn't like he was uh, out there going against, you know, Malcolm Butler or something. They mentioned on the broadcast, too, that the turnaround from Sunday to Thursday is hardest on the older veterans, especially early in the season. And the very first player – yeah, the very first play of the game was a deep one to green that had him land yeah. pretty hard out of bounds, and you saw him come up a little bit like, oh, that took a little bit out of me. Um, you know, almost a fantastic catch. Yeah. Uh, so you have to wonder if that, that took it off a little bit, but just wasn't his night. 
Uh, so I mentioned Burrow had all the passes and everything. I thought he looked good. It looked phenomenal the entire game. I am a little bit worried. I'm not freaking out yet uh, that they are asking him to throw as much as they are. He's getting as beat up as he is, and he wasn't really throwing anything deep. Everything was kind of in the short intermediate area. I do kind of like that, though, because it was Burrow just checking down, going, following his progressions, and getting to the guy that was open. But they did. it did seem like they had a lack of, of deep field throws in the game but i mean outside of that i thought burrow looked fantastic do you guys have any thoughts on on joe cool i think the bigger yeah, question we need to ask Go. dennis is how do you feel about Auden tate being a healthy scratch so they can feature the other michael thomas oh, what the hell i was someone who uh, i was so i was i like i kept Auden tate I, on a lot of rosters this offseason because i thought he was gonna have a good year too so i i don't I mean, understand that I, at all are we talking fifth year breakout here? I mean, it's, it's that's like and that's, I guess so. I, that's almost as bad as Cardero Cardero Hodge over for Higgins. I Hollywood. Know. Yeah, it's well, I, I, I saw it and I was like, what the hell? It is, and you know, so, and it wasn't like Thomas played five snaps either. He was out there yeah. a significant amount of time. Well, that's the thing. It looks like Tate and Ross kind of got played out of the rotation, yeah. and Higgins well, Tate, yeah. established as number three. And Mike yep. Thomas just like I didn't know he was still in the league. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was out. Yeah, it's because yeah, because Tate was a healthy scratch. Because I actually had to move him out of some of my lineups last night because of that. So yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. On to the Brown side though. Uh, Baker comes in with a sixteen point two six points. Chubb twenty six point three. Hunt twenty four point one. OBJ eighteen point four. Landry seven point six. And Hooper five point two. I thought Baker looked good last night. You know, me and Matt talked about this on the on the podcast Thursday. It's exactly what I was hoping for. He didn't quite get to that 300 yards or the three touchdowns, uh, but I thought it looked like they were actually running the offense. We expected them to run week one. And so, I, like I said on the podcast Thursday, I'm giving him four weeks to see this is their preseason. I want to see him work. He looked impressive. I'm not going to take – too much out of this game because I do think he's somewhere in the middle of what we saw last night compared to what we saw last Sunday. He, he's not what we saw Thursday night. He's also not what we saw Sunday. So I like what I saw out of Baker uh, for Chubb and Hunt. I think game script, which again, me and Matt talked about on Thursday was a big deal. Everybody was all in on getting ready to sell Chubb for like fourth round picks after Sunday's game. And I said, I thought a lot of it had to do with game script is why Hunt got in there. We saw, I think that they plan to use Chubb, more often than not. I did like the way that they used Hunt, though, and he still kept his fantasy value, even though not really being used as much until that last drive. He did catch a lot of balls. Odell looked phenomenal. I'm ready to declare him back, but I've always been on the Odell train, and I feel like that what Landry suffered because of them going to Odell as much. I'm going to be honest. I'm out on Hooper. I've been arguing with people all day on this. I understand that he it got picked off, but they had a big play to Bryant earlier in the third quarter, and then that touchdown pass that, that Baker threw that got picked off was going to Bryant. I don't think they want to feature Hooper at all. So that's just kind of my quick takeaways from the Browns. What do you guys got? Well, somewhere around week five, Hooper will pass uh, David Njoku in fantasy points at this rate. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was a little bit – Concerned. Hunt only had two pass attempts, two targets, and he caught both of them, and he did score a touchdown on one. Uh, it was nice to see when you – you know, I know that uh, Joe Cool threw the ball 61 times, but at that 5.2 yards per attempt, I'll take Baker and his 9.5 yards per attempt on 
23 passes uh, just about any day. Uh, You know, it's easy for your quarterback to look good when you rush for 215 yards. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, that gives, I mean, they rushed for 215 and threw for 219. So it it was a, a a very balanced game. Uh, You know, Hodge looks good uh, as a third wide receiver. He's making plays. Harrison Bryant, Bryant, he looks agile and he looks like he looks really good. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, the, it, I, I was out on Hooper going from Atlanta to Cleveland. I, I just wasn't, uh, you know, he's gone from a high-volume offense to a low-volume offense. And so far, it's playing out pretty uh, pretty much that way for him. Uh, I think the Browns looked good last night, but, uh, you know, there's a, a, there's a long way between the Cincinnati defense and the Baltimore yeah. defense. I agree. I mean – I thought they, the the team looked okay. I guess I was not uh, as impressed as you must have been with uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, I thought I they yes. they didn't ask him to do a lot, and he made a yeah. garish interception um, pass, which has been been his problem um, in the in the past. If he, if you're going to be able to run like that, you didn't you don't really have to throw the ball that much. But it it was kind of I I had told you yesterday I thought that they were going to try to get OBJ going and then yep. they were feature their running backs a lot and that seemed to be what they did and it was uh, successful. So I don't want to make this comparison because I know how much it's going to uh, – I don't know if I should say upset Matt, but Matt is not a fan of this. I do think that they want to use Baker the way that Stefanski used Cousins in Minnesota as more of a game manager. I just think Baker is more talented mm-hmm. than Cousins. I, I really think that that's the route they're taking. Not necessarily because Baker can't carry an offense, but I think that's just the way Stefanski wants to run his offense. I, I agree. The interception was a bad throw. But you know you're going to get that with Baker. So that's why it didn't bother me. In my opinion, it's more on Stefanski at that. Well, why are you throwing at that point? You knew you could have just kept running the ball. You know, they, the running backs came out. I think even, um, why can I not think of his name right now? The, the fullback from Denver, Ed Janovich. Uh, he Janovich. came out and said, he, he came out and said that they wanted to keep running the ball because they thought they could get three to 400 yards on the Bengals. So that, I think, was Yeah, but just, at that point in time where the interception came, it was 21 to 13. They were trying to put some space between them themselves. Yeah, still, taking, I, I think taking, you could have kept running it. Your quarterback has to be able to make some of those kill shots or yeah. have the wisdom not to airmail it right to the defense. And those are things he's got to weed out. It didn't kill him last night. He only did it once. But before we – you know, you said he. You think he's somewhere between last night and Sunday. I wouldn't say last night was a pinnacle game. So if you're saying he's between last no, night, no, I'm Sunday, not. He's might be below Kirk Cousins, to be honest. I'm not saying last night was a great game at all, but he looked better. He was much better. He looked more like rookie Baker than he has been in a year and a half. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he looked like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning out there, but from what I've watched from him for the past year and a half was a step forward last night from what I've seen for the past year. That's what I'm saying. He looked so much better than what I've seen the past, whatever you want to say. It was 17, 18 games that I've seen of him now. Yeah. This is the best I've seen him in 18 games. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. He's not even as good as he was his rookie season, but I think he's making his way there. That's why, like I said on Thursday, so I want to see four games. Out of him. That would be kind of the question, though, because what, what would be a concern if you wanted Baker Mayfield to be a top-end 
quarterback or approaching quarterback one is if you looked at a lot of the quarterbacks that had been in that in offenses Stefanski ran, they were very solid quarterback QB twos. You know, I think we looked at cousins was QB 18, one year QB 17, the next year uh, for QB Minnesota. 13. There was one year he was QB 13, the first year over there. That's the year that I compare Baker to. I, I, I'm my ship is almost sailed on him being a top 12 quarterback. If I'm being honest, yeah. I, I, because of what I saw from the way I think they want to run that offense. But and if he can be a top end QB two, that would return most of where his draft yeah. people this year, I feel like we're not taking him up among the top 12 quarterbacks. No, going yeah. I mean, I got, was coming I got in, in the range yeah. of like the twenties. Yeah. And, and some of the super flex ones that I got, I got him as like the 22nd quarterback off the board. There was not a lot of people buying in on him, which I'm fine with. I felt like he was going to bounce back. And again, my my whole thing is, I think with what we saw last night from Odell, is I love Adam Thielen and I love Stephon Diggs, but I think you can make a very, not even make it, Odell is better than both of those guys. Landry, I don't think is quite Adam Thielen, but I think he's better than Stephon Diggs. So in my opinion, you have two better receivers than Cousins had in Minnesota, a better offensive line, and I think a better quarterback in Baker than Kirk. So that's where my argument came from and why I bet so much money that Baker could finish as his top 12 quarterback, which is probably going to cost me now because I do think they're going to move more toward what they did last night where they're going to go 30, 40 rushes and then maybe only 15, 20 passes, which I'm fine with. If the Browns win, I'll pay that money all day long. I don't care. All I want is for them to win. If that's how they win, I'm all for it because I thought he looked a lot, like I said, a lot better than I have seen him look in a year and a half last night. So I'm cool with it. All right, let us let's move on to the Sunday games. First up, we've got the Giants and the Bears. Giants are getting five points here. Uh, we've got uh, I'm the highest here on Daniel Jones. I have him at 11. Dennis has him at 15. Matt has him at 24. We are all in on a Barkley. I have him at one this week. Dennis and Matt have him at three. For the wide receivers, I have me and Dennis are pretty high on Slayton. I have him at 17. Dennis has him at six. Matt, you have him at 24. I do not have Sterling Shepard ranked. Dennis does not have Golden Tate ranked. Dennis, you have Shepard at 31. Matt has him at 53. I have Tate at 60. Fox has him at 58. I have Ingram at 5. Dennis, 11. And Fox at 9. So kind of a little all over the place here on this offense. Uh, the reason I am all in on uh, Daniel Jones this week, I think with the rushing, we saw we saw Mitchell Trubisky get a little bit of that on um, the Bears last week. And I think they allowed a lot of dump-off passes as well uh, last week. Um, my God, my my mind is going blank. Yeah, here. Swift. Yeah, Swift. Swift. Arkley is and a lot they, better than Swift. They allowed Adrian Peterson, who was yeah. half dead, to run for 96 yards. I want all the sick one, Barkley. Yeah, so that that's why I'm in on Barkley and a little bit higher on Chubb. Uh, Chubb. My God, I'm, I'm still thinking about the Browns here. On Jones, because I'm expecting a big game from Barkley and Slayton. I don't have Slayton quite as high as Dennis, and I, I'll be honest, I hope he finishes as high as Dennis has him. I'm really coming around on Slayton, but I expect him and Barkley to do a lot of work here against that Bears uh, defense, and then Jones to add his own little bit of rushing in there. So that's kind of why I am I am as high on him as I am. But where are you guys kind of with, with Daniel Jones? You both have him a little bit toward Dennis. You have him at 15, so not far off me. But, Matt, you have him as just barely finishing as a QB, too. Yeah. Well, if you looked at that game last week, uh, the Bears' secondary was actually doing uh, pretty well. They – they clamped down on uh, a lot of the receivers. It seemed like where Detroit was finding success was in those uh, passes to the to a running back and in running the ball. You know, Adrian Peterson had a pretty pretty darn good day 
for barely coming into the team. So that's what leads me to believe the Giants are going to find some success running the ball that that they didn't have at all on Monday night against Pittsburgh. And if they're going to be doing these outlet passes to the running back, unlike Detroit, where Peterson's going to come off and Swift's going to come in, that's also Saquon Barkley, who's a darn good receiver, uh, which he also proved on Monday night. So that's kind of where I thought that was going to be the easier path for the Giants to attack. Yeah, I – I, I think Barkley is going to have a really good game. I, I like Jones's ability to move, uh, to avoid pressure, and get out of the pocket. And when you combine that mobility with dumping the ball off to Saquon Barkley short, I, I think that opens up uh, opportunity to take shots downfield. We are seeing Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton develop a Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller type of chemistry. And I, I think that you, you need to be in on it. Uh, they, they just, they've got a connection. And while the volume might not necessarily be quite as high as we want consistently, Slayton is starting to show that he can put up a touchdown and 75 yards on five targets. It, I, I think with, with Jones, he, he get, he, he's going to get you some running. Uh, he may get in the end zone. This is going to be a good Barkley game because of the way the defense sets up. And Tate is is hobbled. He's questionable whether or not he's going to play. Sterling Shepard is good. Uh, you know, I have Ingram at 11, and I think that, you know, I, I could be low on it. It wouldn't surprise me if Ingram finishes tight end three. wouldn't surprise me if Ingram finishes tight end 18 either. So uh, I – Kind of in stacking them, I, I said, well, what is, where is he probably going to end up? Probably in the middle. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I like the Giants. They've got some good pieces. But I'm in on Jones and Slayton connection. To me, that's that, – that's, I got chef's kiss. I got you. Yeah. On the Bears side here, um, Dennis is much higher on Trubisky than us. I'm, I have him at 24. He might have made a mistake. Oh, okay. I have him at 24. Matt has him at 25. Dennis, at least currently right now, has him as ranked at 12. So I'm assuming you're you know, expecting a big game out of Twitch? No, I, in oh. in doing my rankings, you know, and looking, it's, I, I kind of take where they finished last week, and then I start uh-huh. to reorder them. And, in, in you know, Trubisky had a good week last week, uh, uncharacteristically good. And as I moved him <laughs> down, he just kind of got lost. Uh, in looking at it, you know, I got him at 12. I probably would have had him at 16 maybe. Uh, I, I think, you know, the Giants' defense isn't great. So having having him about QB 16, probably more reasonable. So, but I'm going to go and, and say, you know, while I have Allen Robinson at, at wide receiver 15, yeah. I think I need to move Robinson up. Uh and say they're going to try to satisfy Robinson as they work towards getting the contract done, and that's going to help Trubisky uh, to, to finish up there at, at QB12. So uh, for me, me and Matt both have A-Rob at 6. Anthony Miller, we're all pretty much in the same range, 38, 36, and 42. The running backs here is interesting because uh, Cohen did not get a lot of run last week, but Montgomery did. I have him at 25. Dennis has him at 27. Matt has him at 20. I have 
Cohen at 39, Dennis at 42, and Matt at 51. Are we expecting Montgomery to get more of the workload here? And then again, with the Giants defense not being great, is there, I guess, any chance for him to break out? Like, kind of, what are your thoughts on these two? Yeah, that was part of my looking where I seated him. You know, Benny Snell coming off the bench against the same defense went for 112 on Monday Night Football. So I thought that, you know, if we're going to see Montgomery, who is allegedly feeling healthy, kind of have a good start to the season, it's hard to get better matchup than uh, the depleted Giants defense. Yeah, Montgomery put up 4.9 yards of carry against Detroit, so he, he was doing pretty good. He just didn't get quite the volume. Cohen had seven carries and two targets. Uh, well, Montgomery had three targets. So in the passing game with the, the running backs, they were uh, splitting it fairly evenly. Uh, I think Montgomery is probably going to be more in the 18 carries this week. Um, but Cohen – brings the explosiveness that Montgomery doesn't have. Yeah. All right. So Jimmy Graham, we all have him ranked as a low end tight end to 24, 24, 23. He actually looked like he was getting featured a little bit. Just missed out on a, um, a touchdown last week. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Right, he if, got a touchdown. Well, I he mean, he, he also, two. yeah, too. Yeah. He almost missed. I know I watched the one he almost missed out on. So, I'll be interested to see if he starts creeping up our ranks here in the next couple of weeks if he continues to get featured. I guess he's not quite dead yet, but who are you guys picking to win this one, the Giants or the Bears? Bears for me. I'm going Giants. Giants. Yeah, me as well. My opinion, possibly the best game of the weekend, Falcons versus the Cowboys. Cowboys are getting four points here. I expect this to be a shootout. Uh, Matt Ryan, I have met three. Dennis at eight. Matt at seven. Gurley, I have at 20. Dennis, 25. Matt, 15. Julio, we all have at two. Ridley, I have at seven. Dennis at four. Matt at 12. And then Hayden Hurst, I have at eight. Dennis at 20. And then Matt at 25. Uh, for me, my difference, I guess, in Ridley and um, Hurst is I do expect Ridley to somewhat take a little bit of a step back and Russell Gage. I do think they're going to try and get Hurst a little bit more involved in this one. I think that's where you can attack Dallas right now with Sean Lee and Leighton Vanderesh both injured. I think Hurst is going to kind of be wide open in the middle, so I do think it's going to be less of a Russell Gage game, which none of or Dennis ranked at 52. He was the only one that ranked him. Me and Matt did not. Uh, and, and and I still have Ridley as a top 10 play because I, I expect this to be a shootout. I'm expecting like... 48-41 type of game here in Dallas. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Where do you guys kind of come in here on uh, Atlanta with the way that this is shaping up to be an offensive juggernaut, which likely means it's going to be like a 13-10 game? Well, I think Atlanta wants it to be a shootout. I just think Dallas's defense is too good, and Dallas's offense with Zeke Elliott, who I have ranked at uh, – I think I've got Elliott as my uh, RB1 uh, – this week. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. So I there's good Dallas is gonna do what they do. They're gonna run the ball. They're gonna they've got three really good wide receivers. And so they're gonna control the clock. Atlanta is gonna want to try to throw. The reason I don't I, you know I have Gage at 52. I, I don't expect him to get much. He had a bunch of garbage time last week. And I don't think he's going to get it this week. I think it's going to be Ridley and Jones. They're going to get their 10 or 12 targets each. Um, and, and I think Ryan is going to try to do some stuff. But I just think Dallas's defense is going to be 
too good for them. And Dallas's offense is going to control the ball to a point that Atlanta doesn't have the opportunity to make it a shootout. Yeah, I think that's why I'm a little lower on Hurst too. I think he's still kind of working in and working rapport. I get what you're saying about uh, the the linebackers, but even after they lost yeah. Van Der Esch on uh, Sunday night against what I think is a better tight end and a much better combo in Higby and Everett, it wasn't really a factor. It was a lot of the receivers on the outside and going to the running backs. So, you know, I think that – that could bode well uh, for getting Todd Gurley involved a little bit, but I think it's really when you have Ridley and Jones, they can't double them both out there. And the Cowboys lost Byron Jones to yep. uh, Miami this offseason. They have okay corners. They don't have exceptional corners. On Dallas's side here, uh, we're all pretty high on Prescott. I have met one. Dennis and Matt both have him at three. Same with Zeke Elliott. Me and Matt have met two. As Dennis mentioned, he has him at one. For Amari Cooper, I have him at 11. Matt at five. Dennis down at 34. I have Gallup at 31. Matt at 21. Dennis at 28. And then Lamb, I have him at 30. Dennis at 20. And Matt at 34. So we are kind of all over the place here on these wide receivers. Obviously, we're expecting a big game from Zeke. And a big game from Dak. Is it just a you expect this to be split so evenly between the three that we're not expecting any of them to really break out? I mean, me and Matt both have Cooper high, but Dennis, you kind of have all of them ranked within, you know, about twelve points or twelve rankings of each other. So is it expect you're just expecting them to be it's split out so evenly? None of them are really going to break out, break out. Well, I I think. Lamb is going to have the best game of the three. I mean, which one of the three is going against the worst cornerback? Uh, actually, it's Amari Cooper. So they've got De- yeah. is it? Uh, yeah, that's uh, why. Denard. If you look Jock- at what Denard is in the did. slot, which is where Lamb's going to be. That's why I ranked Lamb as yeah. low as I did. If you look at what Seattle did the week before, they were able to just destroy the starting outside corners with their two big wide receivers. That's why I thought – and we saw last week, even against Jalen Ramsey, they hit Cooper with 14 targets. Correct. I mean, trust me, it hurts to rank Cooper as high as I did too. It really hurts. Cooper has a banged-up ankle. So wouldn't it make sense then to to move him inside? He did last week too. Well, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's saying that he's going to be fine, so I, I don't, I, I don't they know. They all say they're going to be fine. I, I, think yeah. that, I think Lamb leads the way this week. I, I just think he's an animal. Uh, he's got the dog in him. Him and Gallup have, have the dog in them that, that Cooper just doesn't have, and, and I think this I season they're going to continue to push Cooper down. Uh, it is going to be a situation where I think all three of them will be productive all year, uh, and it's – going to be a pick your poison type of game. I, I think that uh, uh, Kellen Moore is going to, uh, you know, he'll move people around and try to get them in the best position. And this is going to be a game. I think that we see lamb move, move from the slot uh, out to the outside a little bit. Matt, your thoughts on the Cowboys receivers. I hope they all score a ton because those are the only guys I have left after all my Godwin and Sutton and other shares went holiday. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Oh man, Matt and his Matt and his secret cowboy fandom. It's not even yeah, yeah. Where I'm about to. Yeah, I know. You mean the good Michael Thomas? The good Michael Thomas played last night. The bad Michael Thomas plays on the Saints now. 
Apparently, uh, that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, for those of you who don't understand that joke, just look back at when the Michael Thomases came out of the draft together. It's too much to explain. Uh, I am taking the Cowboys to win this one. What about you guys? Cowboys. As well. Lions and Packers. Green Bay is getting 6.5 points here. For Matt Stafford, we are all pretty much close to each other. I'm at 14. Dennis has him at 10. Matt at 9. Uh, for the running backs, AP, I have at 27. Swift at 23. Dennis has AP at 22. Swift at 36. And then Fox has AP at 34. Swift at 21. So it does seem like me and Matt are leaning more towards Swift being the guy. Dennis leaning more toward AP. Is that correct in your rankings of AP, Dennis? Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit closer to a 50-50 split uh, when it comes to touches um, than it was last week. Last week, actually, Swift had the most snaps. He played 44% of the snaps to um, AP's 31% and carry-ons 26. So when AP's in there, he's pretty much going to get the ball. Uh, I think that at some point, you know, you're going to look at that offense – and they're going to have to get rid of the tell, which is AP's in there, he's getting the ball. So they're going to switch it up, and I think that's what's going to lead to Swift getting more touches. Uh, I think Swift's percentage will continue to go up. He had that bad drop that was terrible, but I think he's shown that uh, he's probably the the best running back on that team, and he'll continue to uh, take snap snap share and, and touches. Matt, anything you want to add? No, I, you know, and it was the receiving kind of work that that puts yeah. uh, Swift over the top for me. I think the real thing that we take away coming out of Week One is Carry uh, on Johnson is a handcuff best. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was kind of why I had Swift ranked higher as well. I, I do think that AP will get more of the rushing work, but if Green Bay's offense comes out the way they did last week, I expect Detroit and their defense, which is not great in the secondary right now, to be behind. So I do expect them to be throwing the ball too swift. I do like that. Uh, it was me and Matt talked about this on Monday, and I was worried that him dropping that pass in the end zone would bury him. It does seem like the whole team has kind of come around swift and be like, hey, man, this does not define your career. You can be better than this. So I do like that they've kind of seems like kind of helped put it behind him because I can't imagine what that had to have felt like. Because, I mean, I personally do not blame the loss on him because it takes more than one play to lose a game. But uh, that I mean, was not great. We've seen veterans even struggle with it in the early game. Yeah. Last night, Tyler Boyd dropped a, a perfect touchdown ball given to him in the end zone. I mean, yep. it happens. These guys are, it was first NFL game snaps. And you, yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, so Galladay has been ruled out again, uh, which I was kind of expecting and why I dropped Stafford a little bit more in my ranks. I know, Matt, that hurts me. Hey, it hurts me, too. I, I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to replace him in four of my lineups right now. Uh, Marvin Jones, who did not necessarily play well last week where we expected him to uh, in place of Galladay, now is going up against Jair Alexander, who also played a phenomenal game last week with, I yeah. believe, an interception, a fumble recovery, and a and touchdown. A Oh, a safety. That's right. It was a safety. Yeah. So phenomenal game for Alexander, likely going to be matched up with Jones here. I am at 44. Dennis has him at 58 and Fox at 35. Uh, I mean, I have Hawkinson at nine. Dennis has him at three and Fox at eight. I think we are we all on the train that Hawkinson's the guy to play this week. I, I am unless I'm a deep league with like four flexes, I'm, I'm probably not starting Jones this week. I'm not expecting much out of him. So is it all Hawkinson for you guys as well? 
Well, definitely for me, I have him as tight end three. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he's going to get a ton of work. I think he's going to get a lot of work too. And that's another reason I had Swift kind of up. I think they're going to have to use X because it wouldn't have been, even if Galladay would have played, it wouldn't have, he would have been gimpy on a pretty terrible matchup. And now that goes to Marvin Jones, who we saw really not be able to do much of anything against the Bears. Cephas is still kind of working his way in there. Danny Amendola does not light my heart on fire. The only good thing we can say about Galladay's injury is I, I'm down to 38 leagues. I no longer have to pay attention to our eliminator league because uh, my top picks were Cortland Sutton and Kenny Galladay, and I'm pretty sure uh, one of the running backs that died last week. I went and looked. I didn't even make Marla it to Mack. 100 points. Oh, wow. yeah, I it might have been. I didn't even get to 100 points because doesn't the lowest score get dropped every week? Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. I I, it may I'm have been me. Sure I don't think my team was that great I got dropped. I will look it up, but I was pretty sure when I was looking on Monday, I was like, well. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you pull that up as I run through Green Bay really quick. Or Dennis, so, you have anything you want to add on Hawkinson? Uh, well, not on Hawkinson. He's going to get lots of volume, but I think one of the things you want to watch out for is uh, Quintez Cephas led the team in targets last week. He had yeah. 10 targets. He wasn't productive with him. He only caught three passes. And we've heard all off. He, he's had a, a Terry McLaurin offseason. He, he was kind of under the radar. The Lions picked him up in the draft, and he came in. You, you hear Jeffrey Okuda talk about how he was the best guy he played in his yeah. entire college career. And Cephas just went in, and he put his head down, and, and he's worked his ass off, and he just keeps – uh, he's gained them the trust. Now he's got to do better than catching three out of 10 targets. Uh, but if Jair Alexander is over there taking care of Marvin Jones, uh, well, I expect Stafford will take a couple shots at him because, uh, you know, he's a gutsy guy. That's going to leave Quintez Cephas uh, with plenty of opportunity to make some plays. Oh, Gosh. Tony. Tony, Tony got dropped. <laughs> Tony finished with the lowest amount of points. Wow. Where did I finish? I feel like I didn't do that good. Uh, the bottom three in order, last with Tony, then Matt Bruning, then Matthew Fox. So Go figure. Uh, we really job, guys. We really brought Great that job. home. I was like, why is it still showing my team in, in this week? Now I actually have to go. You don't manage that one, right? No, it's best ball. Yeah, that's why I forgot to even look at mine to see to see what happened. All right, so on oh, the, the Packers. My, my best balls didn't go so well last week either. Uh, you know, so clearly best ball ain't our thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, Other donations. Yeah, so we shouldn't fantasy football best ball table. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So Aaron Rodgers, we all have high here in the top 10. I have at nine Dennis at four, Matt at six, uh, Aaron Jones. I have at nine, both of Dennis and Matt have him at eight. Uh, we do have Jamal Williams ranked in like the high forties, not expecting much out of him. We all have Adams at one MVS. I have at 42 Dennis at 41 Fox at 47. And then Lazard. I have at 50. Dennis at 49 and Fox at 57. Again, I'll say, cause I brought this up on Thursday. I do find it fascinating that we all seem to rank these guys very close together without looking at each other's ranks. Uh, but Adams, I mean, it's clear you're starting Adam Jones, Rogers, especially after the week Rogers had last week, you're starting him against a beat up Detroit secondary. Dennis is a, is a Cuda playing this week or is he still out? I don't know. I'd have to, I, I haven't heard. I know. 
I know last I saw he was it was trending toward him not playing, which I think lines up even better I, for Adam. Though. My investment in uh, the Detroit Lions being the NFC North winner, <laughs> Matt Patricia being coach of the year, and Akuda being defensive player rookie of the year, um, not going well. No, no, nah, not at all. So I, I do want to get uh, Dennis's thoughts on this because me and Matt did talk about it on Thursday, I believe. MVS and Lazard. We know that you've been beating the drum for MVS for a couple years now. He looked like the guy, and Matt was actually on your side on having uh, MVS now be the guy. I did point out that when it came to uh, snap percentage, it was Adams at 70, Lazard at 64, and then MVS down at 42. So MVS was not out there as much as Adams or Lazard, but he produced as much as Lazard. Does that worry you? Oh, well, yeah, 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 that's right. He did score more points. So, yeah, does that worry you at all with the snaps? Because Matt is still all in on MVS because of something you said that he he brings a different he brings a different kind of wide receiver profile to the game than Lazard and Adams, obviously, do being bigger in a deep field threat. So what are your thoughts on MVS really quick? And then we'll we'll pick the game. You know, MVS still played more than 50 percent of the snaps. Uh, I, I get that Lazard. So for me, here, the, the thing is. Well, a lot of people wanted Green Bay to draft a hot rookie wide receiver. Do you think that that hot rookie wide receiver would have the trust of Aaron Rodgers right now? No. No, no probably no. not. He'd be fourth or fifth or even sixth on the thing. Rodgers, he'd make one wrong cut. Rodgers would be throwing him off the field. Brady and Rodgers, they, you have, they have to have trust, and it takes time to develop the trust. So we're two, three years in now. And Rodgers has developed that trust with, with Lazard and with MVS. They do have a different game. MVS is the deep threat on that team. Um, and whether or not somebody blows a coverage and that's what leads to the touchdown, it still freaking counts. You know, those oh, yeah. yards count for points and those touchdowns count for points. So Rodgers is going to do the same thing Rodgers always does. And, and MVS is going to – to me, it's it's Devontae Adams all day, every day. And then MVS and, and, and uh, Lazard are going to get their shots. And it's just who's going to produce when they get the shot. And it's I expect it's going to go back and forth week to week. Uh, at some point, I think that we may consistently rank them in the 30s. But it's because you don't know which one is going to have be the wide receiver to that week. But these are the three guys. And MVS has that speed, so. You're damn right I have. He's back. QB1 on the season. Fuck what I said earlier. QB1 for the rest of the year. Baker Mayfield. I'm all back in, baby. Anyways, Jaguar. Oh, who are we picking to win? The uh, the Packers. Well, I'm picking the Packers. Are you guys still yeah. on your Lions NFC North train? No, I'm picking the Packers. <laughs> I'm picking the Packers as well. I like how you guys can pick with your head because I pick the Browns to win every single week, even when I know it's probably not possible. I just can't seem to retreat do it. is the better part of valor sometimes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, you know, I'm all about just dying on the battlefield, and I don't believe in retreat. Jaguars and Titans. Tennessee is being given 7.5 points in this one for Jacksonville. Minshew is ranked in the 20s for all of us. I have him at 22. Matt and Dennis both have him at 20. James Robinson, none of us seem to be much of a believer in him after his game last week. I have him at 38, Dennis 41, Matt at 33. I have Chark at 15, Dennis has him at 16, Matt at 19, and then Chenault, I have him at 53, Dennis at 46, and Matt at 52. 
Are you guys buying into this Robinson hype? I will start by saying I am not. I do think when Ryquel Armstead comes back and Ozigbo comes back, it's going to be a three-headed monster. So I think if you wasted all your fab, me and Matt told you not to do that anyways on Tuesday, but if you did do it, you might get a couple more games out of them uh, before those guys come back. But what are your guys' thoughts on Robinson? I agree. He's just a jag. Uh, until he has his competition back, he's going to get opportunity. I just don't know that he's going to uh, get much from it. So, yeah. I think he's going to be okay this week because he's going to get a lot of volume, but it's not a good matchup as uh, somebody who watched uh, his team go up against Tennessee <laughs> last week. Um, Tennessee's defense was pretty stout up front. They were holding up against Lindsey and Melvin Gordon guys that I think we would we would both say are probably better professional running back prospects. Chenault, worth a grab for you guys. Had a good game last week. I do think he he's kind of solidifying himself as the two as much as I know Dennis loves Conley. They they as Matt said, they really seem committed to doing the or promoting the youth movement there in Jacksonville. Yeah, three receptions for thirty seven yards. Go Chenault. If it wasn't hey. for that touchdown. I mean, he probably should be owned, but again, am I starting him right now? Depends. No, on yeah, I'm not asking you. How, how shitty your situation? Yeah, are we talking about shitty your situation? Is. Matt I'm is starting, starting him in a couple. I'm starting James Robinson in a couple of places. No, yeah. It's had like running back guillotine go on. So. On Tennessee's side, uh, we all have Tannehill pretty close together. I have him at 16. So does Matt. Uh, Dennis has him at 18. Henry, me and Fox have him at 6. Dennis has him at 10. A.J. Brown has been ruled out earlier today. So likely that means Corey Smith, Corey Davis. Davis. Corey Davis is going to move up in our ranks. Right now, I have him at 49. Matt has him at 48. Dennis has him at 50. He did have a decent game Monday night against Denver. Everybody is now calling for him to be this year's Devontae Parker. How close you guys, or how high are you guys moving him up knowing that A.J. Brown is now out? Well, he's he's a little bit banged up. Um, I could see him land. He's probably going to land somewhere in the 30s. Uh, Adam Humphreys and uh, who's that other cat? Uh, Khalif Raymond. I'll have to decide which one of them is going to uh, hop up into the back end of the rankings. Definitely Humphreys for me. Uh, you know, I'll probably put Humphreys somewhere right around where Corey Davis was and put Davis up somewhere in the 30s. I think it's going to be Raymond for me. I kind of like him. I think I'm going to be in more on him than than Humphreys. That's because you've never actually had him on your team. He, he played for Denver. He's an exceptional punt returner. Well, hey, you know, as as I've said, we get you got to divorce yourself from the fan mindset, my friend. Just because just because oh, no, he was I, bad from Denver doesn't mean that he'll be bad for Tennessee. On, I watched him on Monday night too, so you can have all all your Raymond enjoy. I will when he finishes as a top thirty wide receiver next week. I will enjoy him. Uh, John Smith, another zero to that. I might still not take it. That's all right. That's all right. I will. Uh, me and Matt both have John U. Smith at 12. Dennis, you have him at six. Uh, does he move up at all now knowing that uh, Brown is out? I think I'm probably going to move up. I've got him at 12. I mean, I haven't looked at exactly at my tight end rankings, but probably eight, maybe even seven for me. I think John U. Smith looked good against Denver, and I think his, his workload's going to increase more. I've been saying it all offseason. I thought this was going to be his breakout year, and I think it's going to continue, especially now with Brown being out. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, I'm not moving him up from six, no. 
Well, yeah, you have the highest out of the three of us right now. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you for that. I, I think the, the thing to look at, you know, if you're playing, if you're looking for a shot and you need eight points, deep league, fourth flex or something like that, are you going Nicole Pruitt or uh, Anthony Ferkser? That's the real question. <laughs> yeah, I mean Pruitt because he got the touchdown on Monday night. Yeah, last week, but Ferkser got it a couple times last year. Yeah, it looked like if, I can't believe we're at this discussion. Does anybody else carry the ball besides Tannehill? Um, so Dar- Darianton Evans is is He's out. possibly out. Yeah, they did have another running back that they were rotating in, but he was mostly getting targets. And it's somebody. It was another fantasy zombie. Um, Blazing game. Blazing game did get in, but that wasn't the guy I'm thinking of. Uh, Let's see Jeremy here. Was it Nichols? Uh, Sonor- Sonoris Perry. Jeremy McNichols. Perry. Jeremy no. McNichols. Jeremy yeah. McNichols. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he must be on like his eighth life by now. They were making some kind of comment about him coming up off the practice squad, and I was like, and that's where he should have stayed. And then he caught like a first down, and I was like, God damn it, I can't make fun of these people anymore. Uh, so really quick question on Jonathan Smith, because I actually offered a trade and got denied this, so I'm just curious on your guys' thoughts. Which which side you would rather have, Keenan Allen and O.J. Howard for John U. Smith and a third? You keep 20 players, so it's pretty much a dynasty league. Wait, say it again one more time. Keenan Allen and OJ Howard for John U. Smith. I'm sorry, was John U. Smith in a second? Which side is, would you rather is it, have? Is it a uh, tight end premium? It is not a tight end premium. One team needs a tight end badly. I believe they're starting Jack Doyle. Not this week. Yeah, yeah I know. That's my point. That's the only tight end they have on their roster. They just picked up OJ Howard, actually. The, uh, I, I like uh, OJ I'd keep yeah. him in Allen. Yeah, I want to. Okay. Well, I had Keenan Allen and OJ Howard, and I offered that for John and Smith in a second round pick. And I was told that that's a stupid trade and it's not anywhere close in value. And I was like, well, okay, buddy. My bad for asking for John Smith. I know. That's what I said. I felt like I was the only reason I was over, I was doing that is because Keenan Allen is my sixth wide receiver on that team. I'm loaded at wide receiver. So it's like, okay, I'll give up Keenan Allen. And OJ Howard to get John U. Smith in a second round pick because I think John U. Smith is going to, I've been saying it all offseason, is my guy. And so I was like, I think it's fair value because he has his top wide receiver is, I don't know, is is very bad. I think it's it's literally Tyler Boyd, if I'm remembering correctly. And I was like, Keenan Allen's going to be your one on your team. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. And I'm like, all right, fine, man. My bad. My bad for offering you, in my opinion, an overpay on my side. But I was just curious if other people agree. Well, the good news that. for you is uh, with Godwin trending toward being out, Howard might be one of the bigger beneficiaries. Well, that's why I grabbed him because yeah, I was I did get kind of screwed in that uh, department. All right, so who are we picking to win, Titans or Jags? Titans. Same. Titans. Vikings and Colts. Indy is getting three points in this one. Cousins, I have at 20. Dennis at 19. Fox at 17. I have Cook at three. Dennis at 13. Matt at seven. I have uh, Thielen at four. Dennis and Matt both have him at five. I do think that uh, this is going to be a huge Cook game. I'm not expecting them to be able to throw that much. Is why I have uh, Cook is high, although we're all pretty high on Thielen. But Dennis, you have you have a Cook outside your top 12. Is it just a... Matt, bad matchup against the line and, and linebackers. What are your thoughts on Cook? You know, I 
I'm probably too low on him. Uh, let me see. When I look at my rankings, um, I mean, are you going to start him over Derrick Henry? I could, I could probably move him up past Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but I, I like I like Carson. I like Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it just becomes an exercise in – can I can I move? Am I comfortable moving this guy up over these people, and probably one or two spots? But mm-hmm. I, I could have made the case. But when I look at uh, how I expect this week to go, I think Cook's going to have a fine game, and he could very well be a top five running back this week. But when I take a look and sort of make my best guess. I just don't feel comfortable moving him ahead of those other guys right now. Is there anybody else that you guys would play, or is it all just Thielen and Cook? Yeah, yeah I think playing I'm playing You're playing Irv. I'm playing Irv in ten leagues, but, you know, I, it's because I mostly I don't have a whole lot of other options. Um, uh, in a 32-teamer, I'm playing Ola B.C. Johnson. So, you know, these are desperate times, fellas. I know. I, You know, for me, I'm not playing anyone until I can see somebody else rise up. They threw the ball a ton uh, in that week one against Green Bay, and the only, you know, real viable fantasy plays were Thielen and Cook. You know, Jefferson's there, hasn't really integrated in. Ola B.C. Johnson's there. Didn't see a ton from him. They have the two tight ends. Didn't get a ton from them. So, you know, somebody's going to eventually step up and you'll feel good about them, but I don't feel good about any of them right now. I mean, Jefferson played 69% of the snaps. Johnson played 63%. Irvin, uh, Rudolph, right around 60%. So, you know, actually, Cook only played 58% against Green Bay. Um, but had two touchdowns and it's incredibly explosive. So it's one of those things where, you know, they've got guys on the field. It just comes down to the play calling. Um, You know, Madison and Ola B.C. Johnson were second on the team in targets with four each. Well, and one thing I will say about Kubiak, I expect one of those tight ends is going to end up being – somebody that you want, but in a lot of the times when he's been an offensive kind of coordinator, look at some of his Houston teams. You wanted Arian Foster. You wanted Andre Johnson. Owen Daniels wasn't a bad pickup, and that was it. You know, they tend to hammer a top receiver, a top running back, and then the rest of them, you know, you guys that have pop-up games. On Indy's side here, I have Rivers at 31, Dennis at 21, Fox at 26. Uh, big separation for us here. I have Taylor at 5, Dennis at 11, Fox at 17. I have Hines at 26, Dennis has him at 18, and Fox has him at 24. Uh, Paris Campbell, I have at 23, Dennis 18, Fox 33, and then Hilton, I have at 18, Fox uh, Dennis 40, Fox 44. Doyle is now – has he been ruled out for sure? Yeah, okay, he was ruled out. So Doyle is now out. Um, I'm really not expecting much out of Rivers. I actually will. We redo our rankings on Saturday. I am going to move Campbell higher than Hilton. Uh, when I was looking at this last week, I did not realize that the Vikings gave up almost all of their points uh, when they did Adams. And then when MVS got both of his came out of the slot, which I did not know that. I thought MVS caught his both being on the outside. 
I didn't know that it came when he was in the slot. So Paris Campbell way up for me. I will be moving him above Hilton. I am all in on Taylor because while Aaron Jones didn't have a phenomenal game last week, I thought he did run the ball well. I like the Colts line better, and I think Jonathan Taylor is a better running back. I just think Phillip Rivers, something me and Matt talked about on Monday's podcast, he, he literally said in an interview he needs to stop turning the ball over late. I think if any gets a lead here, they're going to try and salt it away with Taylor running the ball. So I have him up there at five. I do think Hines gets involved, and obviously I have him as a starter. But what are your guys' takeaway? I think that's kind of the biggest biggest talking point this week, right? Is Taylor Hines, Hines Taylor, how are you guys attacking this backfield? Uh, I'm I'm attacking it with Taylor. Uh, Hines is a flex play. Taylor is a RB2, a RB1. Um, I, I think Taylor – Last week showed people he can be productive with um, in the passing game. So we're looking at we're all starting to look at Jonathan Taylor now and go, okay, well he had six targets, caught six passes. So maybe that whole he can't he he can't catch was just a function of the Wisconsin offense, much like Melvin Gordon. So Taylor is going to be a three down guy. Um, Hines is going to play. But that's mostly because Hines is pretty good. Compared to Taylor, though, Hines isn't going to run the ball. Uh, and, you know, I expect a 60-35 kind of split when it comes to uh, snap share. Hines can be productive as a second or third flex guy, and he may have one of those games, uh, you know, like he did last week where he pops off for a couple touchdowns. But uh, it's it's all Jonathan Taylor, and then uh, Hines is a bye week guy for me for the most part. He, he's not Austin Eckler. Yeah, yeah, he's not Austin Eckler. That I just I, when people compared those two together on Twitter, my God, we talked we talked enough about that on Monday though, Matt. Sorry, go ahead or Tuesday. I think they're going to split uh, time, and I also uh, this may go into our next question of picks and pick them. I don't think Indianapolis is going to be up. Interesting. I do think it's going to be a close game. I think I took the Colts to win. I'm not. I'm honestly not 100% sure, but I'm going to because I want Jonathan Taylor to be a beast, so I'm going to say they win. I am taking the Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings as well. On to Buffalo and Miami. Uh, the Bills are getting six points here for Buffalo side. We uh, are all pretty high on Allen. Me and Dennis both have him at five. Matt has him at eight for Singletary. I have him at 28. Dennis at 39. Fox at 28. Uh, Moss, I have him at 36. Dennis at 30. And Fox at 38. Stefan Diggs, me and Dennis have him at 37. Fox has him at 26. And then... John Brown, I have him at 39, Dennis 47, and Matt at 37. Outside of Josh Allen, are you comfortable starting any of those four guys? I know. That's my reaction, too. Running back is more of a question to me. Uh, <laughs> but dig, digs, I have to start in a couple of places because of wide receiver apocalypse. And I even have one sixteen team league where – I put Brown. Um, I was pleasantly surprised that both of them could actually coexist pretty well. Uh, the running backs, though, it's hard to get a feel, especially off of that last game, about how they're going to do. Miami actually has a pretty decent secondary and a pretty decent defense overall. Uh, so it's definitely not a super exciting Buffalo offensive plays this week. 
And just to add, I, I mean, they did play the Jets, the Jets defense, which I think would make me, you, and Dennis look complimentary in the receiving game. So I'm just just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, I think that you know I'm a little concerned with Singletary's efficiency. Um, I, I think Moss is starting to become the one A uh, to Singletary's one B. Uh, I think Moss is starting to take the lead role. Um, I, I think it's going to be almost a 50-50 split all season long when it comes to snaps. Um, but I think uh, if I had to put money on who's going to be the most productive, uh, I'm probably going to take Moss. Um, and by most productive, I think maybe one more point, you know, <laughs> technically most productive. But I, I certainly don't think it's going to be a big split. You know, Don Brown is a big play guy, and I think one of the with, – with Diggs now, Brown is relegated to that second or third spot with Cole Beasley. And the trouble I think he's going to run into is when Josh Allen gets flushed out of the pocket, he's six foot five and 240 pounds of running quarterback. Uh, and so he, he doesn't look down the field – like uh, some of the other quarterbacks that have that kind of mobility. So, you know, Allen has taken those as – I forget how many carries he had last week. Um, oh, wrong game. So, I don't know, it's the right game. Let's see. Allen led the team in carries last week with 14. Singletary and Moss each had nine. So, that that's – troubling for the second wide receiver in Buffalo. You're counting on a big play, a, a couple big plays and maybe a touchdown. So Brown, he's he's a deep starter, you know, multiple flexes, three wide receiver, multiple flex, then maybe you're looking at Brown. Yeah, I think I'd go Moss too out of those two running backs just because uh, me and Matt talked about it. It seems like he has established himself as like that, the red zone guy there with Josh Allen. And while Josh Allen's still probably going to steal some of those touchdowns, if Moss gets you a couple and you're starting him in your flex spot or RB2 if you're forced to with, with all the injuries and everything, you're going to be happy with that. So I think at this point, unfortunately, as much as I like Singletary, it is Moss for me as well. On Miami's side, none of us are believing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I have him at 30. Both Dennis and Matt have him at 32. Miles Gaskin, which is insane that he's already jumped Brita in one game. I have him at 37. Dennis, 38. Fox, 47. I have Howard at 33. Dennis has him at 49. And Fox has him at 39. Uh, for the wide receivers, Parker is supposedly going to play now, correct? Yeah, he is. They, okay. they said he's looking... He's actually trending toward playing. Gotcha. So as of right now, me and Dennis do not have him ranked. Matt has him at forty. I will probably, I will not probably, I will have him ranked. At the time I did my rankings, there was a lot of talking that he won't, he wouldn't play. So I didn't even want to put him in there. He'll move up the board. I will still have Preston Williams higher though. I have him at forty six. Dennis has him at thirty nine, and Fox has him at thirty eight. I have Gasecki at eighteen. Dennis has him at twenty one, and Fox at thirteen. So. I'm in the same question as Miami, or Miami as Buffalo. Are, are you even are you willing to start anybody on this offense? And if so, who? I think Gasecki is the one that I feel the best about right now. I am playing Preston in a couple of leagues because of injuries. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Preston is starting to come around. You know, he's got a he, he's still shaking off the rust from the injury, um, but. I have him starting in a couple spots as a, a flex play. You know, 
gas I, I'm starting Gaskin in one league, but that's only because it's a rebuild. And uh, you know, I, I'm going for the 101. And I, I honestly my my second running back on that team was Marlon Mack. And so I, I needed to pick I, I needed to pick somebody up so I wasn't leaving a uh, a spot blank in my lineup. And so I grabbed Gaskin and I'm starting him. I lost Gaskin to get like 35 points this week and I'll get a stinking win. But <laughs> you know, it's it's uh it it I think we're just we're in the countdown to Tua now. Yeah. With with Miami. Yeah, me and Matt talked about that on on uh Monday's pod. I guess my biggest question then I kind of think Preston or not Preston. Yeah, I, I kind of think Preston Williams is going to be the one who's matched up with White. So I kind of think I'd fade Williams. You think White goes Parker? I mean, I think I know we think Preston Williams is the better wide receiver. Do you think Buffalo thinks that, or you think they put because whoever White's well, on, I'm fading a hundred percent. Preston Williams is probably the healthier wide receiver, so that might be the distinction that they make too. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I think if I could, I'd probably avoid playing, but just because I, yeah. I do think if it is Preston on White, I, I White is so damn good. I, I couldn't. Well, I, I mean, all it takes, I guess, is a touchdown at that point for where you're expect what you're expecting out of Preston Williams. But even then, the I fits, think uh, the way Fitzmagic played last week, if you yeah. get that again, it really doesn't matter who their corner is. That is very true. I am going Buffalo because I want to to start here soon. So if Miami wins a game, that's going to delay that. So I'm going Buffalo. I'm going Buffalo seven to three. <laughs> I like I'm, I'm Buffalo as well. 49ers and Jets. San Francisco is getting seven points. Uh, Jimmy G, I have him at 23. Dennis, 25. Fox at 18. Uh, we're all pretty high on Mostert here. I have him at 16. Dennis, 15. Fox, 12. Coleman, me and Dennis have him at 51. Fox has him at 35. And McKinnon, I have at 41. Dennis, 31. Matt 49. George Kittle was ruled out here earlier today, which likely Ugh. means Jordan Reed, our favorite tight end, is going to be the starter there. I guess we'll start with the running backs. Do you guys think it's a three-headed monster, or is what Mostert did last week kind of solidified him as the guy? Well, I, I guess I'll let Dennis answer that, because me and Matt talked about this on Monday, Tuesday, kind of our thoughts on that. So, Dennis, what is your thought on these three? Yeah, I, I definitely think Mostert has taken the, the top – role there um he'll start the game he's gonna get the majority of the carries i think mckinnon looks good and since he can play out of the slot i think mckinnon is gonna jump over tevin coleman from a productivity standpoint he may not play more running back snaps than coleman but he'll play more snaps on the field and he's likely to get more touches slash targets uh, than Coleman because he's going to be out there playing in the slot more and, and get a decent amount of looks in the passing game, especially with Kittle out and you know all of their wide receivers out. So uh, I, I, I think it's Mostert's job, then McKinnon and Coleman is the backup. Yeah, I mean, I think Mostert, even before last week, I thought he was going to be – the top among those guys. I think the real question we need to be able to see is what does it look like having a healthy McKinnon and having Coleman work in because Coleman was a scratch last week because uh, of his sickle cell trait did not allow him to play because of the air quality. 
Um, and I think a lot of people were like, oh, well, McKinnon has leapt over Coleman. They're out on Coleman. No, for health reasons, he wasn't practicing. I wasn't surprised he didn't play in that game. I think as you move over here to New York where that's not a problem, especially considering they have no receivers and their best tight end is gone, I think they're going to want all three of these running backs precisely because it, for the first time, you know, last year, 49er running backs were running and they were not a huge part of the passing game. Last week, both Mostert and McKinnon did a heck of a lot of their damage as pass receivers. Mostert caught a 76-yard touchdown pass out of the slot. I watched it happen. I was like, oh, my God. So, you know, especially with Ayuk still banged around, Debo's still on IR, Kittle is now out. Uh, Jordan Reed is always one hit away from being completely unavailable to you, I think. Dennis is right. They're going to use McKinnon in the slot. I think they might use several of their backs that way. Either one of you brave enough to take a shot on Jordan Reed this week? I don't know. You know, what what are my options? I I think uh, if you've got a top 24 tight end right now, would you play Jordan Reed? You think he has a shot to be a tight end too this week? Yeah, I I think at 24. Okay. I I, I don't think I have him ranked, so. I don't have him ranked, but with Kittle out. But I also expected Kittle to be limited when he did play. So I think I had him at 14. So I I can see Reed being somewhere around, coming in around 18. Um, I'm probably going to slot him in at tight end 18, somewhere in that range, and not be surprised if he comes in at 14 or 13. Gotcha. On the Jets side, I have Darnold at 32, Dennis has him at 28, Fox 31. I have Gore at 42, Dennis has him at 37, Fox 45. And then Herndon, I have at 17, and both Dennis and Fox have at 16. With Crowder being out, uh, I I like Perriman, but I think that's going to be who they're keying in on. I'm not starting anybody here. If I can, I'm avoiding every single Jets player, probably until Adam Gase gets fired. I do have another interesting trade I want to bring up with the Jets player. We'll get to that in a minute. Are you guys starting any Jets players? It just kind of fade them until Gase is gone. You're not on the Braxton Berrios train? I am not. No, that train left the station, and I was happy to see it go. Yeah, these are uh, – the most desperate of times if you're playing. Um, I'd rather just leave the spot open. And you know, can we just, and I don't think they're going to get shut out. Um, I don't, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. They're going to do something. If they could get negative points, I think that's what would happen this weekend. So uh, I, I feel like, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. And, and I think that, they'll end up with three or seven points, maybe even nine points. Um, you know, Darnold is a good quarterback. He's handcuffed by his his team leadership. You know, Gore is going to grind it out, but I think LaMichael Pirine might be back this this week. He's a solid pass-catching back. God, I hope Kalen Balaj doesn't make it to the field. Um, he will because that would be Josh Adams. Well, I, I'm, I'm not so – I don't mind Josh Adams as a short yardage goal linebacker. I think that's his role. He's not agile by any stretch, but he's he's decent. he's decent. got decent power. So if you need a yard, I, I think Adams will get you the yard. The, the Giants or the Jets offensive line has some decent players there, but I, I just – you know, their team is just a hot mess, and uh, the fact that – 
the guy that owns the team doesn't understand that. You know, there I saw something on Twitter basically uh, with with uh, Peyton Manning, Adam Gase's offenses were like number four and number three in the league. Yeah. And since then they've been, I think their highest has been like 19, 26. but mostly, 26. mostly, yeah, they're like, they're like way at the back end. Yeah. And, and which doesn't bode well for being an offensive genius. Yeah. 26, uh, 27, say, 30 were his uh, offensive ranks without Manning. The only thing I'm going to say is it's the conversation that we just had and things like that, that are why I think it's somewhat unfair that people say Sam Darnold's an outright bust. Yeah. I don't, I don't think any of us think he's a bust. I mean, I, he's, I, I truly he's think it's Adam Gase. Well, he has, they have consistently, whether it's injuries or whatever, not figured out a way to put them behind, put talent around him. Bell's on IR. Mims is on IR. Uh, they were talking today. They're like, Crowder, we don't think he has to go to IR, but we're not sure yet. And I'm like, oh, sh-. I mean, yeah, I guess it is Braxton Berrios season. All right. So really quick before we pick the game, just quick thoughts. Uh, trade here uh, in one of my leagues, and I'm throwing this shade at one of my league mates because I think he's an idiot. He traded DJ Chark and a third for Le'Veon Bell and a second. Le'Veon Bell is going to be his fourth running back. We start two wide receivers, two flex spots, two running backs. DJ Chark is his third best wide receiver. Thoughts? Would you have done the trade? Maybe he saw how Chark looked last week and he's all No, out. he said that he's taking the gamble on Le'Veon Bell bouncing back and having another solid top 12 uh, running back season for the next five years. Uh, those he were just his went words. on IR. I'm just telling you what he told me. I told him he was being an idiot. I would not have taken that trade. And, and I'm with we you. all know that... Le'Veon Bell is near and dear to my heart, and it's been hard. I, I know to watch. that's why I wanted to get your thoughts because I even posted that on Twitter, and I believe the poll is currently leading ninety six percent to the Chark side with four. I don't even like DJ voting. Chark. This, this is yeah, I know. I feel like it was mean of you to bring that up. That was. Like uh, I wanted to see because now I'm going to I'm going to tape this part off and send it to him. Like, see, you're an idiot, just like I told you. Who are you guys picking? The uh, Jets or 49ers? 49ers. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going 49ers. Going 49ers as well. I, I should have just interrupted you, so that was on record that you were going as Jets. Uh, Rams-Eagles here. Philly is getting one point on the Rams side. I have Goff at 19, Dennis 29, Fox at 14. I have Malcolm Brown at 29, Dennis 33, Fox 16. Akers at 40 for me, 43 for Dennis, 32 for Fox. Uh, Robert Woods did just sign a new four-year deal, uh, $68 million extension, $32 million guaranteed. I have him at 10, Dennis 14, Fox at 8. I have Cup at 22, Dennis 25, Fox at 15. And then Higby, I have at 14, Dennis 10, and Fox 11. Um, is Malcolm Brown the guy you're for sure playing right now? Is there any thoughts about putting Akers in your lineup, or is it just Brown until Akers has that breakout game? For me, that is what I am doing. What about you two? Yeah, I like Malcolm Brown. If I can avoid playing either one of them, I, I, I am. Um, but if I have to play one of them right now, I'm playing Malcolm Brown in my last flex spot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But Brown looked I pretty good last week, and he's yeah. playing a defense that fundamentally gave Peyton Barber two touchdowns last week yeah. in in the clutch. So fire up. I'm I'm with you. I thought Brown looked amazing. I mean, I don't I don't remember if Dennis is in this league with me or not. I just traded. I, I feel like we're in all the same flea flicker league, so that's why I say that. I just traded Cam Akers and a second and a third for Patrick Mahomes and kept Malcolm Brown. 
just because I needed a, my quarterback was Kirk Cousins. So now I have Patrick Mahomes and I catch Malcolm Brown so that I can start him for the next couple of weeks because I'm waiting for someone to come back from injury. And I can't remember. Oh, it was Sanders. Sanders is out. So I was like, no, I won't trade both of them unless you send a second is round. Sanders out again? No, no, he's, he's back. Playing. When I made I made the trade, oh. it wasn't for it, I did the trade on like Tuesday. So I, I was like, him out again. I'm like, Philly. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, Matt. I thought Brown looked good, and they've been talking yeah. him up. He's been in that offense for the past couple of years, so I'm, I'm all for firing him up until he gives you that two-point game, and it looks like they lean toward Acres. So, Brown, oh. he, he did look good, but Brown is a jag. I mean, well, he's yeah, been but Acres, I mean, I mean, just because Acres was a second-round pick doesn't mean he's not a jag. We don't know that yet. That's my, that's kind of my point. Like, I like Acres. We don't know that he won't be just a jag at the NFL. All right. Philly's side here. Wentz, I have him at 15. Dennis, 22. Fox at 19. Sanders, I have at 8. Dennis, uh, you're moving in. Dennis has him at 20. Fox, 26. I have Boston Scott at 44. Dennis, 47. And Fox at 50. Son of a... I just hit the button and rolled all the way back to the top of our show sheet here. So, Ertz, we have... You have him at 10. Dennis has him at eight. I have yep. him at four. Goddard, you have him at 13. Dennis has him at four, and I have him at 10. All right, so Sanders, uh, for me, I think all of us obviously have him. He's in our lineup. Matt is obviously much lower on him. Is that just because of the injury you're not expecting much? You think tough matchup? So injury, and did you see the Eagles line last week? I did. Oh, yes, I did. But Lane Johnson's supposed to be back, right? So that's good news. The Eagles always play better when Lane Johnson's so, in. Six sacks and 3.1 yards a carry instead of eight sacks and 2.7 yards a carry. I mean, 3.1 is better than 2.7. That's all I'm saying. So it's a little bit better. Just a little bit better. Sanders does a little bit out of the receiving work as well. If Sanders has been borderline all this week, and, you know, I don't know which of you put that note that they were meeting with Devonta Freeman again. Uh, Uh, Yeah. No, he's coming in today. He came in today for a meeting. Yeah, he came in for a meeting today. I didn't put it in there, but I saw that when I was uh, at my son's thing. So I'm not reading anything into that. Whatever. If he signs with a team, great. He's Devonta Freeman. I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, he can go away. Um, I guess so none of us are going to start any wide receiver right now. We're all kind of out on them. I mean, we don't have any of them ranked, it looks like. I, I would. It's Ertz and Goddard for me as well. I think I, I, had, I had D-Jax and uh, I think we, we all had – D and Rager. I know I had I had Jackson Rager low. low. It was really yeah, low. Yeah, low. I just I you know when I'm doing these things, if we if our starting ranks are down in the 40s and there are other players to talk about, I don't put them on there. I that's how I felt um, about their kind of wide receivers. We saw Rager last week. He caught one pass for 55. It was very exciting, but it was one pass. They said they're going to try to get more targets for Jackson, but we'll see. Uh, somebody commented there is an inherent danger for the Eagles uh, because the receivers that they have, especially a Rager and a Jackson are the guys that, that go down the field. And if you're having line trouble and let's not forget the Rams aren't chumps. They have Aaron Aaron in there among others. You know, if that, if you have, if those are your kind of down the field home run balls, that's what Wentz didn't have time to do any of that last week. And that's where you see the tight ends do better and maybe an outlet running back. 
yeah, that's why I ranked them as low as I did, because I don't expect Wentz to have the time to throw it deep, which is also why I ranked Sanders so high, because I do expect him to get a lot of dump-offs. That, that's kind of my reasoning on my rankings. That and the tight ends, which is why I mean, we all have the tight ends high. So, Dennis, anything before we pick the game? Nope. All right, I am taking the Rams. What about you guys? I'm taking the Rams. Yeah, I'm going Rams as well. It's going to be really rough for the Eagles to win the division, like I said, when they're starting out 0-2, but uh, that's, yeah, not not pleasant. Broncos and Steelers. Pittsburgh is getting 7.5 points in this one. I have Lockett 25, Dennis 27, Fox 29. I have Gordon at 19, Dennis 17, Fox at 29. Judy, I have at 27, Dennis 35, Fox 36, and then Noah Fant. I have at 2, Dennis has at 15, and Fox at 7. Lindsay and Sutton are out. That is why I am. Uh, Sutton in. has not been officially ruled out. Oh, He's not a officially game okay. time decision now, but Lindsay is officially ruled out. Okay, well, you are the Denver Broncos uh, guy here. So, if Sutton plays, are you in on him, or is it still one of those things you're going to sit him this week? No, I I still wouldn't play him. I mean, this matchup is terrible. Yeah, Melvin Gordon. Good luck, friend. We saw Saquon Barkley, a generational talent, have a historic record low against this defensive front on Monday night. And I have to be honest, after having them watch, watching them play against the Titans, I don't think that they have a demonstrably better offensive line than um, than the Giants do. Garrett Bowles is also questionable uh, with some kind of an injury, which could leave them playing, God only knows, at left tackle. Well, that's in all honesty why I kind of moved Judy and Fant up. I mean, Ingram didn't have a great game against the Steelers, but he had a couple catches. And I do, I don't want to equate Judy to Slayton, but I think with Judy's route running, he could find a way to produce a little bit. Again, I don't have him highly ranked. What did I have him at? 30, 27. So just outside wide receiver, too. But I mean, I think both of them could have decent games. I expect Locke to have to throw the ball a ton because of how yeah. bad Gordon's going to look. So is this the yeah. is this the week Judy stops dropping passes over the middle when there's traffic? I don't know. No. You know, and that's that's the that thing. Like, like trouble at Alabama. You know, you can't. Yeah. Judy may play out of the slot, but you got to get him out of the middle. He he's not. He needs to well, be away from that traffic. So, but you get KJ Hamler back this week, right? Yep. So that is the one they said for sure. Hamler's going to play. You know, I could see them taking a shot there. I actually think Denver is going to end up playing a lot of 12 personnel because they have Butt, they have Vanette, and Albert O is trending toward being able to play. I think they may just try to use tight ends. The only reason I have Gordon up as high as I do is I think they might dump off to him. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of running room. We saw what happened to Barkley. Uh, it's not going to be a very – Great matchup. It's going to be a Rice Freeman game with those. The Broncos also, yeah, the Broncos also put AJ Boye on IR, which means their top three corners are Bryce Callahan, who's played one game in two years off of foot surgery, rookie Michael OJ Moutier, and rookie undrafted free agent Isang Basie. Those are the guys that are going to now be covering. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Washington. They have Devontae Bosby that they'll play. They have Deontay Harris, who are veteran guys. But basically, it's going to be a lot. 
the only good thing is it looked like the Steelers are going to be missing uh, DeCastro and Wisniewski, a couple of guards. So maybe that yeah. will help the Denver pass rushers. But I think it's, you know, I, I love my team, but this, I am not optimistic for Sunday, to be honest. On Pittsburgh's side, I have Roethlisberger at 8, Dennis has him at 13, Fox at 10. I have Snow at 31, Dennis 26, Fox at 30. I have Juju at 8, Dennis has him at 13, Fox at 16. And then Deontay Johnson, I have him at 26, Dennis 50, and Fox at 30. Connor has uh, missed a couple practices now, but they are saying he's well, training towards Actually, no, oh, he now practiced in full both Thursday and Friday and is off oh, the injury well. report. Well, there we go. So, and I'm like, what gives Pittsburgh? I mean, I'm trying to think here. Uh, I mean, Juju, we all are expecting at least a decent game out of him. I think he's bounced back. I liked his connection with Big Ben. It looked just like Big Ben and him had never even taken that year off last year because of the injury. Um, I guess we'll start with the running backs really quick. With with Connor being healthy and likely playing, I mean, are you guys ranking him anywhere? We all have Snell ranked right now. I think Connor, I'll drop Snell probably to maybe a couple spots and move Connor into maybe mid 20s, 24, 25, 26 for me. What about you guys? Yeah, I'll probably I, have I still, bunched up. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, they'll be bunched up for me a little bit, but I still think I'm going to have Snell the highest. Uh, okay. And Snell, Snell looks good. And I, I get that Connor is off the injury report, but uh, Snell has, looks to be the healthiest of the two of them. And he looks to be the most explosive. So uh, not that either one of them are uh, terribly explosive. So uh, I'll probably drop Snell down to 36, 37 and put Connor in in the low to mid 40s, somewhere 43, 44, 45. Um, Dennis, uh, so you believe in James Washington over Deontay Johnson? You have him ranked at 42 and Johnson at 50. Yeah, you know, I, I think that Washington just his game is different than Deontay Johnson. He's he's uh, again he's the deep threat. He's also I think the most physical of the wide receivers, and that's something that uh, Pittsburgh receivers lack. If Deontay Johnson isn't out there, you know Claypool looked good. Uh, he made a couple plays. I don't know that I'm sold on him, but uh, he did look good. But you know, that touchdown that Washington had, he went up and he took that ball out of the air, and then he just bowled over those guys into the end zone. And I think that's emblematic of how Washington plays the game. And I, I like Washington as uh, – I think Juju and Deontay Johnson, their game is a lot more similar, and Juju is going to get uh, the majority of the, the targets in what they do. Who are you guys picking a win, Pittsburgh or Denver? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Okay. I'm going to go on Pittsburgh. I was waiting for Matt to say it first because I didn't want him. I didn't want him to get upset. So Pittsburgh. I'm going Pittsburgh. Panthers and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has been giving 8.5 points. Uh, I have Bridgewater at 27, Dennis at 24, Fox has him at 27 as well. CMC, I have him at 7, Dennis 5, Matt at 1. For DJ Moore, I have him at 21, Dennis 11, Matt 22. Anderson, I have him at 51, Dennis 44, Fox 39, and then Debo Samuel, I have at 48, Dennis has him at 50, and Fox has him at 56. 
while I do think this is a bad matchup for the Panthers, I expect their offense to still look as good as it did last week, and they're just going to continue throwing the ball. Uh, I'm a little bit lower on CMC because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the one defense last year that are actually able to hold, hold him in check for the most part rushing. He still put up some receiving work on him. I think one game, I think it was the second game, he had like three receiving touchdowns on him, so they didn't hold him in check, hold him in check, but – they were able to stop him rushing the ball. So I'm expecting him to have a little bit of a worse week than usual, uh, but not bad. But this receiver group is kind of bunched together. Really, we're all seems like kind of in on DJ Moore. Dennis higher than me and Matt, and then kind of torn on Anderson and Samuel. So, Dennis, why are you so high on Moore this week? I just think he's the number one there. And uh, him and Teddy are developing a, a nice connection, I think. Uh, and, I, and I think, too, that uh, – Matt Rule wants to get him the ball. So uh, they're going to have to pass the ball against the Buccaneers, I believe. I, I agree with you that McCaffrey struggled in the run game versus Tampa, and Tampa brings that team mostly back. So McCaffrey will catch some passes. He'll do some stuff, but I think DJ Moore will have a good game. Matt, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought uh, – so when I watched a lot of that game um, last week uh, that Tampa Bay played against the Saints, and I saw the way that their uh, corner was able to take away Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's why I'm a little bit lower on DJ Moore. It feels like Robbie Anderson has the best shot at having a big play of that group. We saw, you know, when we talked about on Monday, all three of them had were pretty close in terms of their targets, um, and it was just kind of the, the big play. So I figure he might have the best chance of having a bigger play, but I think it's going to be a tough matchup. Tampa Bay's defense was incredible uh, yeah. against a very loaded Saints offense last week. On Tampa Bay's side here, I have Brady at 10, Dennis has him 11, Fox 12, uh, Ronald Jones I have at 17, Dennis 20, Fox 22, Fournette I have at 30, Dennis has him at 48, and Fox 44. Godwin, uh, right now I have him ranked at 14, Fox 10. I know that I guess he was out there at practice, but he's still in concussion protocol, so this is one of the ones you're going to have to wait up until Sunday to find out if he's going to play or not. I, I know he hasn't been ruled out, but it's already Friday and you're in the concussion protocol. I'd be a little bit worried about that. With that being said, I have Evans at 19. Dennis has him at 17. Fox 11. Gronk at 21. Dennis 19. And Fox is does not have him ranked, but Fox does have Howard at 18. Me and Dennis currently don't have Howard ranked. If Godwin misses the game, how does this change Godwin? And, I'm sorry, Howard and Evans rankings for you guys. I think Evans stays pretty much where he is. Uh, you know, he might move up more where Fox has him closer to the top 12, but I still think, uh, you know, the, that hamstring injury, they're always, there's just such a risk of re-injury. And so my concern is that uh, Evans will still be a decoy out there, especially if Godwin misses because of the concussion and, and Evans you know, he, he he wasn't anything last week. Touchdown be damned. I, I think if with Godwin out, I think Scotty Miller uh, has the opportunity to step into a role. And I think uh, O.J. Howard showed last week that he's making a connection with Tom Brady that, uh, uh, you know, Gronk, Gronk didn't look great. And I think O.J. Howard did. And so 
I think Howard is going to start to push uh, for more playing time. I think he would be the beneficiary of Godwin um, sitting out. Him and Miller would be the two primary beneficiaries. Yeah, I think uh, for me, OJ Howard, I would probably increase some if, um, you know, it looked, it does look like Godwin's going to be out. Uh, I think OJ would get a bump, and I would probably put Scotty Miller in there. It'd be hard for me to move Evans up more uh, than where I've got him right now, um, but I think he'll have a he'll have a good game too. And I, they may lean more on the running game. I actually may bump Ronald Jones up a little bit um, okay. with Godwin going out because we did see obviously last week the Raiders had a lot of success rushing and had those big rushing touchdowns from Jacobs. Who are you guys picking to win, Tampa Bay or Carolina? Tampa. I'm going with the Bucks too. As am I. Washington, Arizona. Arizona is getting 6.5 points. Uh, Haskins at 28 for me. Dennis has him at 26. Fox has him at 28. Peyton Barber, I have him at 51. Dennis, 40. And Fox, 37. Gibson, I have at 34. Dennis has him at 23. Fox, 40. McLaurin, I have him at 25. Dennis has him at 12. And Matt has him uh 20, 20 or 18 ish mid wide receiver two. Thomas, I have Logan Thomas, I have at 15. Dennis has him at nine and Matt Fox at 15. Are you starting Logan Thomas this week as a well? I guess all of us are starting him as a as a tight end. So that, that was probably I don't really think I have anything on Washington to be honest with you. I'm going Gibson just because I think that defense for Washington proved. I'm sorry, Cardinals defense looked somewhat good last week. I think Washington's going to be behind. That's about all I'll say on Washington. You guys have anything you want to add? Should we just talk about Arizona? Well, I, I have uh, Antonio Gibson at running back 23. Uh, you have him at 24. Yeah. 34. So I, I'm a little bit behind or, you. Yeah. Or 34. 34. I have at 34. Yeah. But, I have him at 23. So I think this is a game where Gibson is – well, I think Barber is going to be the one they trust inside the 20s. I think Gibson gets a lot more run than he did last week, and he's going to have an opportunity to continue to build that trust. I, I could see him getting a touchdown on a, a longer run or maybe even a reception, but I expect his carries to be in up in double digits. 12 carries, maybe 14 carries, because he did uh, move the ball when he ran the ball last week. And so I, I, I think the Redskins are, or the Washington football team, gosh darn it, uh, is going to have to look for a spark. And, and Peyton Barber is not going to give you a spark. Peyton Barber is wet firewood to Antonio Gibson's kindling. So – I think Gibson is going to get get some good play and, and be a viable starter. On Arizona's side here, I have Murray at six. So does Dennis. Fox has him at five. I have Kenyon Drake at 13. Dennis has him at 21. Fox at 23. Edmonds I have at 45. Dennis at 28. And Fox at 31. Hopkins for at three. Dennis has him at nine. And Fox has him at two. I mean, you're starting all these guys, but why are you guys uh, have Drake and Edmonds so much closer? I thought Washington has a pretty decent front seven. Yes. Um, so for, for me, understatement of the show. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little bit of that. We think we saw last week uh, against another pretty decent front seven in San Francisco that that Drake was okay, but they also used Edmonds quite a bit, and Edmonds ends up catching that touchdown. So 
I, I think they have more of a split than we maybe had thought they might. And it's not a particularly great matchup there. Um, you know, I think the better success will come. Uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins look like they had been playing together for a decade. You know, the way they were just peppering each other and, they, you know, just connecting with each other last week. That's the matchup I think Arizona is going to be able to continue to exploit. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to Edmonds, you know, he lined up in the slot a decent number of times. And, you know, he they're getting both of him and Drake on the field by putting Edmonds in the slot and taking advantage of his explosive capabilities. Hopkins being force-fed targets, I, I think that's going to continue as long as he continues to catch him. Uh, I think once uh, – if they start having issues with lack of efficiency or – Kyler Murray getting picked off, force feeding it. Uh, they'll they'll start to move elsewhere. Um, I like Hopkins. Uh, he's he's a rock solid play. You know, he's uh, the old adage that when a wide receiver changes teams, you don't uh, they, they have a drop off. I think that adage is amended to when a wide receiver that's not a top five wide receiver changes teams, there's a drop off. But if they're a top five wide receiver, they keep being a top five wide receiver. All right. Who are you picking to win, Arizona or Washington? Cardinals for me. Same, Cardinals. As well. Chiefs, Chargers. Chiefs getting eight points here. Mahomes at four for me. Dennis has him at nine. Fox, two. CEH, I have 11. Dennis has him at six. Fox at nine. Tyreek Hill, I have him at 13. Dennis has him at seven. Fox has him at four. Sammy Watkins, I have him at 55. Dennis has him 45. Fox, 46. And then Kelsey, I have him at three. Both Dennis and Matt have him at two. You're starting your Chiefs. There's really no point jumping in talking about these guys. If Watkins does it again this week, we will be discussing next week whether it's time to start starting him. Let's see it for one more week. On the Chargers side, Taylor, I have at 29. Dennis has him at 31. Fox, 30. I have Eckler at 15. Dennis has him at 7. Fox has him at 18. Kelly, I have at 46. Dennis has him at 34. Fox has him at 41. I have Keenan Allen at 34 this week. Dennis has him at 10. Fox has him at 7. I have Mike Williams at 35, Dennis has him at 32, Fox 43, and then Hunter Henry. Me and Dennis both have him at seven. I ha- or Fox has him at six. Are you guys worried about Kelly eating more into Eckler's workload this week? Uh, n- not this week. Uh, this week they're going to be playing from behind, and so it's going to be Eckler. Kelly will get some run, but Eckler is definitely the one that gets the receiving opportunity. And he'll he'll get some carries as well. We've seen them give him the ball uh, on the ground plenty of times. I think Kelly, uh, you know, he's going to have to earn his keep, and it's going to take some time for him to get that consistent role uh, because Eckler does have those games where he carries the ball 19 times. And so I, I like Kelly a lot. At 34, I'm probably a little high on him. I probably uh, should have had him in the in the 40s with you guys, but. Uh, I, I like Eckler to catch a bunch of passes um, in part because the Chiefs are going to be playing catch up. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be super or not the Chiefs, the Chargers. I don't know that they're going to be super efficient or effective and score a bunch of points, but they're definitely going to have to be throwing it. Yeah, I think a, a big takeaway from last night might be uh, lowering what we think of the 
Chargers offense because they struggled to move the ball and put up points against that Bengals defense that we thought, well, maybe the Bengals defense isn't that bad. They certainly look like they got exposed quite hard last. Maybe the Ravens defense is just that good. I agree. That's yeah, well, that's that, we always thought that, but um, and then the Chargers lost their center for the year um, during the week this week, so that doesn't bode well for the running game. I think my more concern than Kelly eating into Eckler is that this offense did not look very good with Tyrod Taylor running it. This might be another team like we talked about the Dolphins or maybe on two a watch earlier than we expected. Uh, you know, you, you were banging the drum that Herbert was going to be in, in October. That could very well be the case. All I took from that conversation is Baker's back, baby. Whoop, there we go. There Baker's back. Now, uh, yeah, and that's why I'm so low on Allen. I just I did not think Taylor looked good at all. And I do think that this uh that the Chiefs defense, it's one of the teams we've talked about. They brought back almost their entire starting group from the Super Bowl when they know how to play with each other. They have good corners, they have good linebackers, they have good defensive line. I don't think this is gonna be a close game at all. And while I do think the Chargers are gonna have to throw a lot to get into the game or at least keep it close. I just don't, I can't guarantee that's going to go to Allen or if Taylor's even going to be able to get it to him. So I love Keenan Allen and I think he's going to be ranked in my top 15 as soon as Herbert becomes a quarterback. But while Taylor's there, I just don't trust at all in this offense outside of Eckler. And, and the Eckler I think is hurt because Taylor doesn't check the ball down. So for me, I think it's this whole offense is going to be bad until Herbert shows up. That being said, I'm picking the Chargers to win with a massive upset. I'm just kidding. I'm taking the Chiefs. What about you guys? Chiefs. I'm also taking the Chiefs. We should cut that Chargers pick from you and that Jets pick from. from oh, Dennis trust me. If the Chargers manage to pull that off, I will have that playing everywhere. I'm like, look at this. I'm such a genius. Anyways, Ravens, Texans, Baltimore is getting seven points. Lamar Jackson, I have met two. Both Dennis and Fox have met one. I have Ingram at 24, so does Dennis. Fox has him at 25. Dobbins, I have at 32. Dennis has at 29. Fox at 26. And then Hollywood Brown, I have him at 5. Dennis, 3. Fox, 25. Andrews, we all have at 1. Matt, you are the lowest out of us on Hollywood Brown. I will say that I think the Texans' offense looked really bad, and maybe that's due to how good Kansas City's offense is, but I do think Baltimore's offense is kind of right up there with them. Hollywood Brown, as much as it pains me to admit this, looked amazing against the Browns last week. I, I think they pretty, it almost felt like they sat him the entire second half because they didn't need him to play. That's why I am so high on him this week. I just don't see anybody on the Texans that can stop him. Why, uh, Dennis, do you kind of agree with that? I know we're both have him very high up there. Is that your kind of thought process on Brown as well? Pretty much. I mean, he he's the, the go-to guy. I, I know Boykin led the wide receivers in snaps. But, you know, Brown is the guy. He's the one. He's the explosive guy. He, he, he is the number one receiver there. He's going to lead the team in catches and lead the team in yardage for, as the wide receiver. I think, actually, Andrews leads the team in those categories maybe. Um, but Brown is, you know, when you're looking – when you talk about a boom player, Hollywood Brown is that boom and I will say the Texans defense did look bad. However, one thing you pointed out was that they had managed to do a good job of taking away the number one wide receiver while allowing tight end and running back to go all over them, which they did with Tyree Kill, who I think is seven times the receiver Hollywood Brown is. So I was comfortable putting Brown somewhere close to a wide receiver too and imagining that Mark Andrews and those pair of running backs are going to decimate Houston. 
On Houston's side, I have um, Watson at 12, Dennis 14, Fox at 15, David Johnson I have at 22, Dennis 16, Fox at 13, Fuller I have at 33, Dennis 33, Fox at 20. Uh, I mean, if I can, I'm not starting any Texans player in my lineup. I, I think this is a very tough matchup for them. I don't think the Browns' offense was as bad as we saw it. I, I do think that Ravens' defense is just that damn good. I, they are, in my opinion, from what I've seen week one, are the best defense in the league right now. So if I can, I'm avoiding every single Texans player. What about you guys? I mean, Matt, you have... Uh, I mean, really, Dennis, me and you are kind of low on everybody. Uh, Matt's right there with Watson, which I guess you are probably starting Watson. You draft him as your QB1. Unless you drafted Rodgers, you're, you're likely starting Watson. Uh, none of us are really in on Fuller, but Matt, you are in a little bit higher on Johnson. So is he a, a yeah. guy you're expecting just well, because of what he did last week? Um, so Duke Johnson's still banged up. It, it does look like he might be available, but I was kind of thinking he, he wouldn't play much of a role. David Johnson did pretty well catching the ball and running the ball. And I think we saw the one area that was fairly successful for the Browns the week prior was, you know, Kareem Hunt had a pretty decent game being able to be that receiver out of the backfield. And if, you know, if you combine kind of the rushing work that Chubb and Hunt got and, when I was looking at that, I thought it could it could be a, a good game for David David Johnson because I'm I'm with you that I don't think they're going to have a huge robust passing game. I like Will Fuller the best. I think that you know there is some chance of of them connecting, but the other thing is you know we saw on opening week it's a little hard to tell what Houston's offense is going to be. Anybody picking Houston to win this one? I am not. No. Yeah. All right. Sunday night game, Patriots-Seahawks. Seattle's getting 3.5 points. I've got Newton at 13. Dennis has him at 7. Fox has him at 11. I have Michelle at 43. Dennis has him at 50. Fox has him at 43. I have James White at 35. Dennis has him at 32. And Fox has him at 27. Edelman, I am by far the highest on. I have him at 9. Dennis has him at 29. And Fox has him at 28. Uh, I mean tough tough game here against a very what seattle seattle did a pretty good job against atlanta for three quarters it was really kind of that garbage time that atlanta came back in so i mean i obviously have edelman high i'm not gonna lie probably gonna drop him a little bit but i still think he has a good game i'll probably drop him to 13 14 i'll still have him as a high-end wide receiver too is cam the only guy that you two are comfortable starting based on your ranks i assume that's correct yeah probably yeah, I mean, most of the leagues we play in have at least three wide receivers, so Edelman is a start. He's he's going to be a wide receiver three. Uh, he's going to get lots of decent volume. I think, for me, the thing to watch is how does Nikhil Harry progress? Uh, Harry is the type of wide receiver that Cam has historically had success with. Big catch radius, a big, powerful wide receiver – not necessarily a great separator. And so Cam came out after Harry struggled a little bit last week, you know, kind of verbally putting the arm around him saying, hey, kid, you're doing okay. You know, we'll, we'll keep working with these things. You're, you're going to do good. And so I think Cam is going to keep that going and develop that. And he's going to give Harry the opportunity uh, to have success. So Harry might be a, a sneaky flex play this week. Uh you know, I, I, like I said, like Edelman is a wide receiver three. Uh, I have Cam at seven because he's the leading running back on that team. Yeah. 
you know, he's going to get you. He's going to get a rushing touchdown, and he's probably going to have forty or fifty yards rushing, and he'll complete you know twenty low twenties passes for you know a couple hundred yards. So, well, you know, White and Michelle, I I don't know what's going on with those running backs. You know, I, yeah, I think none of us do. We, we, we used to know when Tom Brady was the quarterback what was going to happen with the running backs. But now that Cam is there and Cam can run the ball 15 times a game, uh, I don't think we know what's happening with the running backs. It's going to take a few weeks for that to sort itself out. On Seattle's side, I have Wilson at 7, Dennis has him at 2, and Fox at 4. Carson, I have at 10, Dennis at 9, Fox 11. Lockett, I have at 24, Dennis at 8, Fox at 18. Metcalf, I have at 32, Dennis 26, and Fox at 29. Olsen, me and Dennis have him at 23, and Fox at 19. Uh, you're starting Wilson, Carson. I think Carson, obviously, with what he does in the running game and the receiving game, he's he's going to get you points even against a good defense. Uh, for me, I do think Lockett this week has the better week because I imagine Gilmore is going to go up against Metcalf. I could still see Metcalf getting you some points uh, because I, he's bigger than than uh, Gilmore. So if maybe if Wilson he's throws one up in the end zone. Yeah, Metcalf will get himself a touchdown, but outside of that, I'm not expecting much. Gilmore is just fantastic, so that's why I leaned in on Lockett. Um, you know, anything you guys need to add to that? No. no? All right, who who are we picking? I'm taking Seattle. Who are you guys taking? Seattle. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, boy, I want to say I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take New England. There we go. I, I like it. You were you were all in on New England b- before me and Matt were. So Monday night game, New Orleans and the Raiders. New Orleans is getting six points here. Breeze, I have at 21. Dennis, you have them at 23. Fox has them at 13. We all have Kamara ranked at four. I have Murray at 48. Dennis has them at 51. Fox at 42. Emmanuel Sanders, I have at 12. Dennis has them at 22. Fox has them at 23. And then Jared Cook, I have at four. And both Dennis and Fox have them at five. Michael Thomas, uh, it is actually looking toward him possibly playing in this game now. When I did my rankings, I thought he was going to be out for sure. No, Whether he's doubtful. Is he doubtful? Okay. I thought it was yeah, saying that he was saying that he was going to try and play. So I, that's why I have Sanders and Cook where I do. I actually think this might be somewhat of a high-scoring game. I, I was not overly impressed with the Saints' defense. I think that was more of how bad Brady looked, in my opinion, than how good the Saints' defense looked. So I would not be surprised if Oakland's able to put some points up here. So I expect Kamara, Sanders, and Cook to all have good games here. Uh, are you guys a little? Are you guys just a little? I guess bullish on the Raiders' defense or what? Because you don't, or is it just missing Michael Thomas? Because outside of Kamara and Cook, you guys are not that high on Sanders. Fox, you are high on Breeze, but Dennis, you are not. No, I, I just I, I think when you when a player like Breeze loses that number one alpha guy like Michael Thomas, I think he then spreads the ball around more. And so I think Traquan Smith is going to get some play. Cook will get some. Sanders will get some. Uh, Kamara is going to get a lot of passes. I think uh, this may be a game where we see more Kamara and uh, Murray on the field at the same time with Kamara then flexing out wide into the slot. So it it could be a 12-target game for Kamara. Yeah, I think Kamara is going to play a role. Um, you know, I think Sanders is still going to be good. I think they'll use Traquan Smith. They'll use Cook was actually the receiver that he used the most in week one. 
Uh, and then, you know, I think they're going to use Taysom Hill. I watched that game. They had Hill all over the field. In fact, the first play offensively for the Saints in that game was a swing pass to Taysom Hill. So they're going to use weapons. I think Breeze will still – Anybody needs to get injured this season, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> they, they'll, they'll still do a lot. But I think Thomas is definitely trending toward out. He did not practice today. He's listed as doubtful. But he was not a big factor in a game where they managed to put up 34 points and probably could have put up more last week. On a Las Vegas side here, I have Carr at 26. Dennis has him at 17. Fox has him at 23. Jacobs, I have at 12. Dennis has at 2. And Fox at 5. Waller, I have at 6. Dennis has him at 2. And Fox has him at 3. Uh, Ruggs uh, did not practice Thursday and Friday. He is in doubt. I think that it's all Waller here. Uh, while I didn't love the way that the um, – the Saints defense looked per se. I do think that they're going to come in and try and stop Jacobs after what he did in week one. I think that's going to be their focal point. They're going to make Carr beat him. And so I think it's going to be him and Waller connecting a lot to try and keep him in this game. Again, I still have uh, Jacobs as, a, as a, t- a running back one this week, but I'm a little bit lower on him than you guys. What's your takeaway from this offense? Well, I think Josh Jacobs had he, he showed in week one that he is going to be that three down guy. He's going to catch passes. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can count on three rushing touchdowns every week. So you kind of throw that out the window. But he's going to get the carries. He's going to get a, a decent amount of targets for a running back. And I, I, I'm high on him this year. I think he's going to have a great season. And I think he's going to have a, a good game here. Uh, I, the the wide receiver situation. I was disappointed with Edwards' game last last week, but if Ruggs is out, that's Edwards. That's uh, goddamn Nelson Aguilar. Um, uh, I'm not even sure. Uh, Hunter Renfro. Oh, so mad when Aguilar caught that touchdown pass last week. I, I was like, oh, that don't fucking help nobody. So, anyways, I I, I think that. Uh, Carr is going to definitely uh, work Waller in the middle um, and, and they're going to pound the ball with Jacobs because uh, that's the type of game that uh, Gruden likes to play. Yeah, I thought the Saints defense actually looked uh, pretty good last week. I mean, there was there's a lot of weapons on Tampa Bay that they had to tamp down. They made some big splash plays and forced some turnovers. Um, they were able to take advantage of uh, some off-target throws. So I think that's something for Carr to be wary of, especially since he doesn't exactly have the, the greatest receiving group. Um, I, I'm with you. I think Waller's probably their best uh, their best option there, and I think they want to pound the ball with Jacobs. They have a, a, probably a much better line than Tampa Bay, and Jacobs is a much more – powerful uh, and impressive runner than than Jones is. So I, I think they will find some success there. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a little bit of a lower scoring game considering both, shockingly, both teams have some wide receiver issues. Anybody picking Las Vegas to win? I am. I am oh, picking okay. the Saints. I am picking the Saints as well. If you guys aren't watching live, you guys can go to Thrive Fantasy. We are partnered with them. You can use promo code GEEK, get twenty deposit $20, get $20 back. It'll obviously help us out as well. You can jump on musiccitydrivein.com where you can find this podcast, a ton of other great podcasts, our Discord channel 
where we're talking football 24-7 with the five analysts in this, uh, or four analysts and then this gas bagger in there. Uh, obviously, everybody, good luck with your fantasy teams this weekend. Enjoy week two. And as always, go Brownies, baby. Go Brownies. 15-1, and one, finish out the rest of the season. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there.